Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you. Father, I pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father. We pray that this word will go out and not return void, but will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you praise and honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So uh, it were these two brothers, and they loved baseball. They played baseball their whole life. They competed on every level available. And even up in, up in age, they were playing in senior leagues. And, and they always had this debate that they hoped that there was baseball in heaven. Well, finally, the older brother had passed away. And about a week later, he came and was standing at the foot of the younger brother's bed. And he was kind of startled back to see his brother. And he said, well, I got good news and I got bad news. And the brother said, well, I don't know about all of that, but just tell me they got baseball in heaven. And he said, well, that's the good news. The fields are immaculate. The balls are crisp and white. Every day the game is beautiful. The, the, the weather is perfect. He was like, what could possibly be bad news? And he said, well, you start and pitcher next Sunday. <clears throat> I think that's actually a stump joke if you go way back. I've told it slightly different, but it's still the same. All right, what we're going to talk about today is, is a personal relationship. See, see the way Christianity works, um, you, you know, my, my job is to come here and, and preach the gospel, right? And to help you develop your personal relationship. However, my personal relationship has no effect on your outcome. Neither does your spouse or your friend. Now, 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 it's always good to hang around with people like-minded, right? And people who uh, will help lift you up and, and Christian friends are, are invaluable. But your personal relationship with God belongs to you. And it's only your responsibility to feed and water and nurture that relationship. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you, if... Y'all ever had one of those old friends and, and you were like really, really good friends, but you ain't seen them in a decade. And then you see them at Walmart or something and you start talking to them and it's like you'd never missed a beat. Well, that's, that's kind of how God is. Although you really should not go decades without talking to him. See, me personally, I, I talk to God at least three times a day because fat as I am, I eat three times and I say grace every time. So, I mean, but, but we should pray, right, and nurture that relationship constantly. And it's something that, <clears throat> if you have a fantastic relationship with God and you're in the Word and in prayer and spend time with God every day, good for you. The rest of us are struggling to get there. This is not a you sermon. This is a me sermon. This is, right, this is a me. I need to do better with my relationship with God because it's my responsibility. It's my responsibility to spend time in my Bible. It is my responsibility to spend time in God's Word and in His presence and worshiping Him and praying. And that doesn't just happen on Sunday or it doesn't just happen because I have to preach this week. It is something that regardless of what else is happening in the world, it should be your number one goal. <clears throat> I would like for your personal relationship with Christ to be like Savannah with a new book. If you drive to Charleston to buy Savannah a new book and you allow her to have it in the car, half of it will be read by the time we get home. 
by the next morning, that book is absolutely useless because it's already been read. To buy books, to like to go to the beach. So, so my teenagers are, are rebellious, right? At the beach this year, they had a field trip that they all decided they were going to go somewhere. Anybody want to guess where they went? Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> to buy more books to read on the beach. I want our relationship with God to be like Savannah with a new book. Like that it consumes her. Like she, you know, she disappears for hours on end. Where have you been? Reading. How about if you had a relationship with God and if you disappeared for hours on end and somebody said, where have you been? I've been worshiping and studying and spending time in the presence of God. How much better would your relationship be? How much better would my relationship be? Now, I know I hear it. I hear it booming up into my spirit. I don't have time. I have too much going on. I have little kids. I have two jobs, and I'm working nonstop. I get it. But when the scale of time is done, when the, when the hourglass is finally over, and you get the message that you pitch in next Sunday, what is going to matter the most? Is it going to be your personal relationship with God? Or how many jobs you had, how many dollars you made, how many cars you had, right? We put it sometimes down in the list, but it should be on top of the list. It should be something that we focus on. <clears throat> Y'all ever been in the bookstore and see the self-help section, right? And it's how to be a better you fill in the blank, leader, follower, winner, loser, whatever. It's got it. Somebody wrote a book about it. But truthfully, what I'm talking about today is if you want to be a better person, you should have a better relationship with God. If you want to be a better spouse, you should have a better relationship with God. If you want to be a more obedient child, you should have a better relationship with God. If you want to be a better business owner, then you should have a better relationship with God. Why? Well, number one is, is that when we are really focusing on God, he starts giving us the strength and wisdom and knowledge. And I mean, he cares for us, right? First Peter says that he cares for us. To cast our cares on him because he cares for us, right? He loved us before we even thought about loving him. <clears throat> so, I mean, I'm going to read some scriptures today, and I know you know the answers to them, Right? And some of them like easy, like John 3, 16. We, we already know what that says, but, but it, it just, let's look at it. So, so the gospel according to John chapter 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. <clears throat> this is the verdict. The light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of the light, because, of their, because their deeds were evil. Now, <clears throat> when God loved us so much that he sent his Son to us, <clears throat> as a group, as the people on the planet at the time, on the people on the planet right now, they are too worried about, too consumed by, too enamored with the shiny objects of this world, right? That because their deeds were evil, they loved the darkness. 
That's the, because they had too much going on and too much that they cared about and too much that they wanted to do to care about whether or not God loved them or not. The relationship with God is a two-way street. His part is already paved and done. Your part requires you to show up. Now, <clears throat> I am not talking about that you have to do all these crazy things to be saved. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and say it with your mouth, confession is made into salvation. Done. We're not talking about that. But to nurture and grow the relationship, it requires effort on your part, on our part. I'm going to get those... On our part, we have to show up and spend time in God's presence and pray and talk to God and communicate with him and fellowship with him and worship him. See, that's what a relationship is. <clears throat> Y'all ever had a relationship and the one person didn't really ever talk to the other person? Is that much of a relationship? It'd be like you have a relationship with your favorite Hollywood star. That you love them and you think they're great and they're wonderful and you're worried about their every move, right? You're worried about everything that they do and what all's going on in their life and they don't know you exist. See, that's a lot of people's relationship with God. God cares about them. He knows the amount of hair on their head. He has sent his son to die for them. He longs to have a relationship with them. He works on having a relationship with them and they pretend like he doesn't exist. Now, I'm going to tell you if God really didn't exist, and this was all a hoax, the world would not be so excited about shutting it down. If it was really, I haven't seen anybody come out against like magic dragons or, or any other fairy tale, like nobody's against the fairy tales, right? Because they all know those aren't true. The truth is, is that the enemy, for sure, knows that God's word is true, right? So the relationship that you have with God better prepares you to be the human being that you're supposed to be. And the relationship that you have with God in the short amount of time that we live on this planet affects where we'll be for eternity, right? Everybody agrees with that? Everybody's good with that, right? <clears throat> whether you're or a doctor or a lawyer or the guy that picks up the trash on the side of the road or digs ditches or homeless and never had a job or a soldier or whatever, whatever thing that you think like you can be, right, has a very, very little effect on where you spend eternity. Very, very little effect on your relationship with God. In fact, it has no relationship change with God. God doesn't care what you do for a living. God doesn't care. I mean, Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. But I mean, you should do something, right? You need to work and earn a living. But God don't care if you're a ditch digger or a doctor. The box is still the same size. The hole in the ground is still the same size. They will put, you know, most people, they'll put a little piece of stone and write when you started and when you ended what matters is the relationship with God that affects eternity. And it's, it's like those meal plans. We customize it for you. Your relationship is customized for you. It, it is your personality and your wants and your desires. 
Your relationship with God, <clears throat> it's different than my relationship with God. He ain't had to save you from all the stupid stuff he had to save me from. He might have had to save you from some dumb stuff, but just different dumb stuff. <clears throat> Yesterday I was bush hogging in the swamp, and I'm getting it. And, and, and let me tell you, I have a, a, a particular set of skills, and bush hogging against the edge is in that list. And I'll tell you why I'm so good at bush hogging on the side, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The limbs and stuff hang out in the road, and I want the tractor as far in the woods as I can stand it. Because every bush I cut down, I think maybe that was the one bush that was going to stop me from killing the deer. So I cut every bush that I can get close to, right? So I am driving in the bushes and can't really see. And I got my head turned and a stick came back through the tractor at me. And I, it hit me in the bottom of the forearm and I have a bruise. But it hit me like that and it was going towards my face. Not a good feeling. And it kind of shook me for a second, kind of tore up the tractor too, but it kind of shook me for a second. And I said, oh, thank you, God. That could have been so bad. That could have been so bad. My poor old guardian angel is probably beat and battered and sweaty and scuffed and stained. He is sick and tired of tending to me. But my relationship with God is unique to me. Your relationship with God is unique to you. What we have to do, though, is know that the relationship, as much as you want, is there for you. Have you ever heard a single story that somebody spent too much time with God, that God just said, <clears throat> you, you're really consuming too much of my time. I can't put up with you anymore. Y'all ever heard anything like that? No, actually, like Enoch walked with God and was so close with God that he was no more. He was just absorbed into God. He just left. He didn't die. He just left. Wow. I'll take that. Anybody want to take that? I'll just take, let's just leave. We just leave. I don't got to die. They don't have to have a funeral. He just, <clears throat> Elijah too, right? Just gone. Those people have relationships with God to where they walked and talked with God constantly now, that should be our goal I guess I need to open my little book here <clears throat> uh, turn with me to the book of Romans Uh, chapter 5 and verse 6. So Romans 5, 6. You see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, I talk to a lot of folks, and I, want to hear, I hear people say, like, well, God don't really love me like that. God can't love me like that. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand what I've said. You don't understand where I've been. I don't care. <clears throat> While we were still sinners, right, before you had any inkling of righteousness in you, before you had any unforgiveness in you, before you had even considered the idea of repenting for your sins, God loved you that much 
that he loved us so much that he sent his son for us. <clears throat> you ever had, any of y'all ever had like somebody that was um, like enamored with you? You know, a bromance or, 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 or a girlfriend or whatever. Somebody who just wanted to follow you around and be friends no matter what. <clears throat> no matter what you said, no matter what you did. God loves you more than that. God is willing to go to the ends of the earth to save you. When the 99 were safe and the one sheep was missing, they went and found the one sheep. <coughs> now, if you're part of the 99, you might not think that's so cool. But if you're the one, you're really excited that somebody's worried about you enough to come find you. And our relationship with God should be, man, I just want to put it in the right words so where you get it. Where we get it, get it. My relationship with God is so special to me because I know what I've done and I know he loves me that much more. I know that where I come from, I know that little voice that goes off in my head and I know God still loves me in spite of both of those things. I know for what I have done, I know sometimes what I think that ain't nice or the things that I do that ain't nice, or the things that <clears throat> we end up in that we don't intend to. Paul says, the thing that I want to do, I don't do, and the thing that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. Even in the struggle of life, God is standing there with open arms, wanting a relationship with you. <clears throat> um, if you flip over a couple of Actually, we'll go back just a little bit. I, I'm, I'm going to try to stay in order if I can help it. Um, <clears throat> the gospel according to John. I didn't mark it. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Let me look. There we go. All right, so the gospel according to John, the first chapter, and I'm actually just going to expand one verse. So the first chapter and the ninth verse, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and through the world was made, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came <clears throat> to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Yet to all who, who did receive him and those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent nor human decision <clears throat> or a husband's will, but born of God. When, when, when you start thinking and understanding what it is to love your children, see, you can like people a lot and you can put up with people's stuff but your kids, I don't know why, but you love them no matter what. They sassy to you, I still love them. Their room is a wreck and knee deep, mm, I still love them. They act aggravating sometimes, and boy, I still love them. No matter what. I mean, you know, my mom and daddy, they still love me. <clears throat> I mean, and, and my kids couldn't touch what I did as a little kid. I swear, my mama beat me every day from about 2 to 10, whether I needed it or not. Maybe 2 to 12. 
<coughs> I, I, I vividly remember one time that I was sleeping in the bed and mama woke me up and said, what, what's wrong? And she said, I haven't spanked you today. Get up. I need to spank you where you can go back to bed. I mean, but she still loves me. That, that love, I, I, I really think that, that God's example of becoming children of God is trying to produce to you to understand what that love really means. To understand what he's willing to do for you. What links he's willing to go through for you to understand how much he loves you. In that personal relationship. Because there's no love like a parent's love. There's none. I, I ain't never seen nothing like it. <clears throat> in a matter of seconds, you fall so madly in love with them that you can't even explain it. And they say being a grandparent is even worse than that. I don't even know. I don't know if I can stomach it if it's worse than this. That's how much God loves us. Plus, we're just mere mortals. God loves us more than that. Romans says that we are adopted and we are sons <clears throat> to where we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. No matter what's going on, no matter where anything's going on, when you hear the word daddy, daddy, I need help. What you need, sweetheart? What exact, who do I need to kill today? What can I do for you specifically? Somebody was mean to you? Was it a stupid boy? Oh, we'll kill him this afternoon. It, it, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what the love of a mere human for a child is. But when God's word says that we cry, in, in, we'll flip there. In, in Romans 8. Uh, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about an adoption to sonship or daughtership. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Daddy. Daddy, I need help. Our relationship <clears throat> should look, should mature, but it should start off with, if you can imagine a, a little toddler Asking daddy for help. Just when you're old enough to know that you need help. And you know that daddy can fix it. See, I mean the first two years you just kick and scream and poop your pants. You don't really get all the other stuff. But when you finally get to that understanding. And some Christians are still in that boat, right? We're still in that little baby stage. But as we mature as Christians. <clears throat> our relationship should start as a toddler. With the unbelievable love and care. Daddy, I need help. <clears throat> when we nurture that relationship, if you can get to there to where you understand that that relationship is so pure, that Daddy, I need help. And he is standing there with open arms to help you. <clears throat> 
if, if you're not willing to put in on that relationship, I don't know what I can do for you. If you're not willing to commit to spend time in a relationship to where no matter what's taking place, that he's standing there <clears throat> with open arms, ready to receive you, ready to love on you, ready to bless you. The Bible says that you being <clears throat> heathens give gifts. How much greater will your, God, will your father God give gifts, right? That he, he cares so much for us. And we walk around and act like he doesn't exist. Or we walk around and say, well, I, I can't ask God about that. I didn't ask him about two other things today. Really? <clears throat> when you was a toddler, did you ask how, did you wonder about how many times you had asked for something? Now, I'm not talking about when they're slightly older where you hear mama, 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 mama. Not, not quite old enough to be that annoying, right? But right before then. Did you care how many times you asked your parents for help? I think my whole name is Daddy I Need, right? <clears throat> Daddy I Need. That relationship is so special. And the more time and effort you put in, the closer that relationship is. And you might be like to the point of where, you know, I don't even hear from God. I don't even know what God sounds like. <clears throat> well, I'm going to tell you, it's not his fault. He didn't disappear when it came to raising you. And he ain't like going to get a carton of milk and ain't come home yet. He's standing there with open arms, desiring a personal relationship with you. I don't care if you're 8 or 98 or 128. If you're still on this planet and there's still breath in your lungs, God is desiring a personal relationship with you. <coughs> he cares for you. He wants to be close to you. He wants a relationship with you. And I'm just going to say, I want to be like John. Not only is my daddy, I'm the favorite. He likes me a lot. He really spends a lot of time tending to me. He cares for everything that I touch. He watches over me. He guides me and leads me. <clears throat> All of what you want to hear in Psalms 23 of, of leading me to drink and giving me something to eat and anointing my head with oil and protecting me when I walk in places I'm not supposed to be in or when I'm driving the tractor too close to the side of the thing. He watches over me. Not because I am done some great thing to earn all of that, because he loves me in spite of me, that he wants that connection and relationship with me. And you. <clears throat> and and the and better is a bad word, but <clears throat> the closer the relationship you have that when you walk with God, the more the fruit of the Spirit will shine in your life, the more of God's love and grace will shine in your life, because there is no way to love that does not include the love of God. None. 
The love of a child pales in comparison to the love of a God. The love for your spouse pales in comparison to the love of God. The love of God is so great that we don't even know the width and depth and length. We can't even understand how much he loves us. But when we walk closer in that relationship, as we walk closer in that relationship, the love of God should get so full on the inside of us that it melts us and starts to pour out to the people around us. And then what happens? We get to have another adoption. We might actually be in one of the greatest things that you can do on the planet and have an opportunity to lead somebody else to a personal relationship with God. This is not a limited supply. Like, I got God and I don't want y'all to know anything about it. It's, I got God and I want y'all all to know about it. I want you to know about the personal relationship and what it means to you. How your joy can be full. How your heart can be full. How you can spend time in worship. It, it's your choice. It wasn't your choice to be born, right? But you made a lot of choices coming from here, right? I mean, you might have picked a red shirt or a blue shirt or a green shirt. You, you made those choices. Unless the people that sitting close to you made it for you. I mean, Chad, you might have not had a point in that. I get it. I picked out my own clothes today. Thank you very much. But it is your choice. And no matter how somebody else wants you to have a relationship with God, they cannot, you cannot force someone else to have a relationship with God. It is a personal decision that is on the very inside of you. However, if and you were going to have a personal relationship, it will manifest in your spirit. It will start to heal your body. It will start to lead you in wisdom and righteousness. And then every once in a while, you go to say something, and the Holy Spirit will grab you and go, you don't get to say that today. Comes a little correction, right? As much as daddy loves you, he still corrects you just a little bit, right? We still have to line up with God's word and act like we're supposed to and walk like we're supposed to and talk like we're supposed to. That relationship with God that belongs to you is the most important thing you have on the planet. Not your spouse, not your job, not your kids. Your relationship with God is numero uno. We have to spend more time focusing on that, worshiping him, and nurturing that relationship. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we pray it will not return void. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. Father, we just thank you and praise you that we have the opportunity to come boldly to your throne, Father, that we do have a relationship with you on a personal level. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.